1992, former attorney Steve Odo founded a comic book store called Alternate Realities in Scarsdale, New York, along with Kevin Halstead and Gene Doherty. Over the next 23 years, AR would experience numerous permutations in ownership, but Steve, with limited exceptions, remained the store's one constant. I began shopping at Alternate Realities in elementary school, worked there throughout high school and college, made a movie about it during law school, and, when Steve decided to close up shop in 2015, I chronicle the final days on this podcast. Last year, in the season 5 finale of My Comic Shop History, I declared the alternate reality saga concluded. But then, it turned out we had some new comic shop history to make after all, and I was reminded that nothing ever really ends. It's time to return. Cue the music. Heavy Welcome back to My Comic Shop History. I am your host, once again, Anthony Desiato. This is part one of the eight-part miniseries entitled The Homecoming, a surprising new chapter in the saga of alternate realities. I'm joined today by two guests. To my left, we have the spirit of friendship and fun personified, the elder statesman of alternate realities, the best man at my wedding, Rich Roney. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. And across the table, I don't think he even needs any introduction at this point. He's been on the show so many times. We've talked about him so many times. Stephen K. Odo. Back for more. I can't believe we're back. This is astounding. I I can't believe it either. (laughs) So it was eight months ago that the three of us, along with Bill Mayo, he lives in New Mexico, but he was in town uh, at that time, eight months ago that the four of us sat at this very table we recorded the season five finale of My Comic Shop History. And in that episode, I declared the alternate reality saga done. I was like, that's it. We've told the story. We're moving on. The show's going to, I don't know what's going to happen to the podcast. We're going to go away for a while. We, we may come back. We might not. It's going to be completely different. And then Odo made a liar out of me because <laughs> here we are. Yeah, you know, it, it's like, uh, like comic book superheroes or supervillains. Nobody ever dies. Nothing ever really ends. Everybody comes back somewhere in the way, along the way. This is very true. Yeah. But, you know, as far as the initial plan, right, you know, I got to the point, and we talked about it in that episode, but I got to the point where, I, you know, I'm, I'm so proud of the first five seasons of the show, and I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we covered something different each season, and that sort of, you know, alternate realities, uh, you know, was, was kind of behind it all. But, you know, Rich, you and I have spoken about this many times over the years. We have a shared affinity for Johnny Carson and, and this whole idea of, like, knowing when to get off the stage, right? Yes, yes. For certain experiences, there's a time there's a time when it's over. And like Carson, you get off the stage at your high point, you close the door, and you move on to something new. So with the tee-up you just gave, I have to say when we had our, our annual uh, Illuminati uh, brunch or luncheon, uh, Steve surfaced the idea of, of working at a convention, and it's, I think it's fantastic. I'm very intrigued, and Steve, I do want to ask you, what prompted you to do that? Well, wow, well, Rich really jumped the gun here. Oh, we, we, oh. He went, he went, oh, he I'm went, sorry. He went, <laughs> we'll edit that out. <laughs> he went right. No, we'll leave it in. It's all right. He went right in. That's okay. <laughs> so, 
you know, but so I got to the point where, right, you know, I, I felt that, uh, you know, we had told a story and I didn't want to continue the show if it was just going to be, you know, us reminiscing about the same stories that we've told before or even visiting new comic shops. You know, I've done that a lot and I, I felt like whatever I did next had to be something different. But this is something different because it is actually an opportunity to make new comic shop history. So, you know, as Rich was getting at and, you know, people, if they've been following me and the podcast and social media, they already know this. But officially here on the show, can we confirm, Steve, that Alternate Realities will be back in action for one weekend only as a vendor at Undiscovered Realm Comic Con? Uh, yes, you can confirm that. That is confirmed. Yeah, well, I sent him my check, so I guess I'm in. <laughs> oh, I want to. I'm going to talk all about that and and about uh, you know your whole "don't be a flat squirrel" hesitation kills thing. How there was a little. I felt like there was a little hesitation on on your part throughout this process. I didn't feel you lived the Odoisms as fully as as you claim. Well, it wasn't a hesitation kills thing. I mean, the deal had been made for the space. But even that. All right. Well, we'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll get to all of that. But I, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I may, and I know I I jumped in. It's the quite deep all right. End. And how many years we've been having? Is it is this four years we've had that luncheon? So, Steve, I when you brought it up at breakfast, when the six of us were together, I was very surprised. So I'm I'm just from my own standpoint. What prompted you to hey you know why don't we why don't we work a show? I remember you turning to Bill, going maybe we could work this show. If well, I may, where did that well in where the, did that originate from? Well, this is what the, the January one twenty twenty lunch. Yes. Uh, the January 1, 2019 lunch, I think we had, we had talked about it. It had brought, been brought up in conversation about possibly doing the Undiscovered Realm show uh, in that, this summer, that summer. Um, and I guess it was sort of the idea was planted in my mind that we should do a show. But at the same time, I still recall the experiences of having done shows previously while we, when the store existed and really not enjoying doing them. So I thought to myself, well... You know, I I, would, I never want to do a show again, but at, this, at I guess this year I started thinking because of the whole situation with the warehouse, the the raise and rent, the um, the speed at which I'm getting rid of stuff from the st- from inventory on eBay is rather slow. Even though it's profitable, it's still slow. And I thought, well, maybe I should do something to try to push it along a little faster and maybe get rid of some portion of it without having to go to other stores or be dealers and, and wholesaling it out and uh, taking a, a, I won't say a loss, but taking selling it at such a deep discount that it would uh, leave a bad taste in my mouth. All right. So, um, so you know, we sat down and I thought, okay, since we talked about it last year, it, I didn't even know when the Undiscovered Realm show was going to be. I knew it was months away. In fact, uh, even recently, you still didn't know when it was going to be. You yeah. thought that it was in May <laughs> and you thought you only had a couple of months to prepare. Yes. So it was nice to find out when you announced to everybody that we're doing it that I said, oh, I have another month, so I don't have to think about it till then. <laughs> so, you know, there are a lot of pieces of this to unpack, and, you know, that's, this is really what I want to explore over the course of this episode is really the decision to do it, because it, it was big. I think it took us all by surprise. So we've been re- referencing this Illuminati brunch. So uh, we've mentioned this on the show before, but as you said, Rich, I think for the past four years now, a small group of us from AR have been getting together for brunch on New Year's Day. And it's evolved into a very nice tradition. It's it's a it's a very small, intimate gathering. It's where we plot the future, right? The, oh, the future of the world. All the world, we, yeah. yes. Like the Illuminati. We're yes. the AR Illuminati mm-hmm. or the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're <laughs> drill this into the ground. <laughs> this play on uh, on AR inserted into words. Uh, but so we've been doing this brunch. Very nice, right? Always a good time. Absolutely. And we actually had the full gathering this year. 
uh, for the first time ever, or not the first time in a couple of years. Yeah. No, I think it's the first time ever. Well, yeah. so it's we've we've flipped we've switched off over a couple of years where some years we have Rich, some years we have Bill. This right. year we had both Rich and Bill. Right, correct. Yeah, I was sick two years ago. I had the flu, so I missed it. And then so, for the first three years, there was always six people, and I think this was the first time Bill and I were there at the same time. I I find it thrilling because it's the first day of the new year, and as you said, we're, we're just getting together and we're kind of like, hey, let's start off the year good. Um, and we go to the same place, and it's just been a beautiful tradition. But in the same breath, Steve, when you surfaced this idea, and I remember you chatting with Bill, and Bill goes, I fly in? I was just very excited to buy that, and that's why I was kind of get, trying to get perspective on what prompted you to do it. I almost feel like saying, uh, the second I said it, I regretted it. I think, I think <laughs> he does. I'll be, I, I'll be honest. I think he I does. I think the whole group is going that way. <laughs> yeah. I think when I sent him, you know, people hopefully have seen the, the artwork for this season of the podcast by now. It's by Chris Giarrusso. And it, I love it. I love it so much. It's a scene, Steve, of you and me. Obviously, you know what you've seen it. A, a scene of you and me at uh, Undiscovered Con holding up the alternate reality sign at the alternate realities booth. It came out great. He knocked it out of the park. But I think when I sent it to Steve, and Steve was very complimentary of the art, but I think he was like, oh, I think he, I, I feel like, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I feel like there might be, not regret, but I feel like out of all of us, I think you're the least excited about it. I think when I sent the check to, uh, to Chris, I think I sent a note that said, I think Anthony's more excited about this than I am. <laughs> That's true. I don't, I don't dispute yeah. that. Yeah. But, I don't dispute uh, that. I mean, I guess you know, I, uh, after you after you put the idea out on the on the table, you start thinking about the details, and it's like, well, this is going to be a lot of work. You well, know? so as far as we got to this this port, and I, we're gonna, I want to go back and talk about the warehouse because I the, the title of this episode is going to be Westy's best customer. So I want to spend some <laughs> good time talking about the warehouse. But you know, I know Rich really is is very interested in your decision making process, as am I, as as probably the listeners are as well. Um, now, when you say you know, the idea had been planted. Do you, do you recall that we had like an extensive discussion about this in the, in the last podcast episode that we did? Because you brought it up at brunch as if it, was <laughs> it, my idea. it came to you out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I, uh, to be honest, I do not remember the podcast discussion. Do you think it's possible that we incepted you? That we planted this idea, you forgot about it, but it was in the back of your mind. It grew and then such that you, thought, you think it's your own. I'll say sure, just to make you guys happy. Well, it makes me wonder what else we can incept him into doing. (laughs) And now a word from our comic shop sponsor. The Hive Comics and Games is an oasis of nerd fun and events in the heart of Odessa, Texas. Whether it's comic book superhero stories or role-playing into a dungeon, The Hive is where to be. Come face off against the top Magic the Gathering players in West Texas. The Hive carries a majority of new comic titles each Wednesday and has all of your favorite titles in their back issue section. Follow them on Facebook at The Hive Comics and on Instagram at The Hive Comic Shop. My Comic Shop History is also brought to you in part by a family of film festivals. The Point Lookout Film Festival is happening Wednesday, April 8th on Long Island, followed by the Hang On To Your Shorts Film Festival on Saturday, April 18th and Sunday, April 19th in Asbury Park, New Jersey. You can get tickets for both festivals at brownpapertickets.com. Be sure to also listen to the official Hang On To Your Shorts podcast, via a Shared Universe podcast network. And, if you're a filmmaker, like me, submit your work to the August edition of the Brightside Tavern Film Festival via Film Freeway. If you're looking for more Flat Squirrel Productions content, please check out the My Comic Shop History Patreon page. It has been completely revamped. I've added two video packages to the reward tiers, 
these feature exclusive, unused interview footage from my comic shop, Country. Your Patreon support helps me produce this show. Thank you to all of our current patrons. Lastly, I recently created dedicated social media handles for My Comic Shop Country in advance of the movie's April release. Please follow us on Facebook at My Comic Shop Country, on Instagram at My Comic Shop Country Movie, and on Twitter at My Comic Shop Doc. So, Steve, if I, if I read it right, there was possibly three things influencing your comment at that brunch. I guess it was really your experience in selling stuff so far, the fact that you had to uh, move from one unit to another unit and the logistics of moving in. And then the proximity of the show, the available, those are the three factors that kind of prompted you to agree to do this. Proximity was, was a big factor. Um, you know, I, I don't like doing shows, but realistically it's like, if you're going to do a show, you may as well do the one that's so close that we're closer. Our, our restocking supply is closer mm. than most everybody else. And, so and if, it's an advantage. Yeah. If it, if it should, be the case that we suddenly sell out of everything and after half a day and drive let's just drive and 10 minutes later you're fully restocked again yeah so you can't get any any closer or more convenient so it's like well it's silly not to take advantage of that advantage um and i already forgot the other two points you made (laughs) well we're gonna i I, want to yeah i want to i want to sort of work our way through all of this stuff and but the last thing i just want to say about that that last episode when bill and i were talking about you know ar at a convention you know, we very specifically weren't, it wasn't something like we were even pushing you to do or encouraging you to do. We were more speculating like amongst ourselves. And I think the reason was, and this is going back to what, what Rich keeps getting at about how surprised we were. I don't think any of us thought you were going to do any convention because, you know, we're at the point now we're coming up on five years since the store closed and you've been, you know, very consistent in all that time that you really had no interest in doing any convention. So that's why, like, even when we were talking about it in that episode, it wasn't even like, hey, Steve, you should do that. Like, we assumed you had no interest. So that's why at the end of that brunch, and we, like, we, it was the end of the brunch. Like, when we were there for a while, I shared my news about, and I'll share it now on the podcast as well, that My Comic Shop Country has a distributor. The documentary will be out on uh, Apple TV and Amazon on April 7th. Super excited uh, to get the movie out there. Um, I shared that with, with the Illuminati at that brunch. And then, yeah, you turned, you know, you turned to turned to us and and floated this idea, and that's how we were all so taken by surprise. That's my, my, that's absolutely my recollection. I was surprised when you turned to Bill and said, "Hey, should we do this show?" Yeah, it, see, just, it, it, it just stunned me. I guess for me, it's like it's not such a big surprise announcement. It's just kind of floating the idea out. Yeah, but it is. I mean. But you don't see why we would be surprised? I actually don't. You've, you've, yeah, consistently you've been so consistent for, for years. Four, for four and a half years, you've gone show silent. You've, you've sold through eBay. You've done it uh, piecemeal, individually. You've shouldered it all. And I know that you're not thrilled doing shows. So for you to say this, it just, it, it's, it surprised me. That's all. And not in a bad way, just surprised. That's all. Yeah. Well, maybe part of it is also because... Uh, yeah, again, uh, people people don't know that we moved from one warehouse room uh, to a different warehouse room, same building. I think in the business, that they, they call them units. Units. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we are fascinated by the fact that you refer to the units as rooms. I feel like you have, like, you, if you ignore as a home. Yeah. Really? The, yeah, the, yeah. Is the word, yeah. is the... Yeah. The Storage tertiary? unit. You know, I mean, technically you're right. I guess they're kind of synonymous, but... Oh, okay. Well... I, if I were to talk about... <laughs> so as listeners may recall, when the store closed in, uh, you know, in 2015, you moved all of the remaining stock to 
a Westies warehouse in White Plains. We don't need to recount like all. I know you had three rooms to start. You got rid of one. You've had two units for a significant period of time. So basically, in, in well, all that time, you did a good job lending both. both yeah, I was, going, I was going back and forth there. Uh, I caught that too. <laughs> and uh, but then very recently, you moved the contents of the downstairs room. God damn it! I'm doing it again. <laughs> it's not, see, the, unit, not, the room is not. It's not an unusual term to use. Again, I think in the in the context of warehouse space, I think unit is is more more common, it's cold. more appropriate. It's cold. Well, but that's I mean, it's a warehouse. It's not it's not your living room. <laughs> well, again, for for me, when I set up the comic book room in that in that uh, in that warehouse, I mean, there are chairs in there. It's set up in a, such a way that you can actually sit there and just read comic books all afternoon. Which, again, Rich, if you ever decide to retire and come back to White Plains, you're welcome to spend every day there just reading comic books very comfortably. Well, so I think we can reconcile this because I think the way Steve uses them, he uses them like a room. I think where the disconnect is for us is that most people wouldn't use a warehouse in that way. Like most people wouldn't have a reading nook in in a, in a storage unit. Well, we were just talking about that because when you walk into the, the 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 hallway, you have to press a button to turn the light on in your unit. But uh, <laughs> you know what? But the but but the, the the timer on that light is thirty minutes. So every now and then, after twenty five minutes, it blinks to tell you that you have five minutes. You got to go out to the hallway, turn it back on, and get, turn it off, turn it back on again. So you have another thirty. The downstairs room room had uh, it was. Miss uh, was misprogrammed, so that it had three hours instead of thirty minutes, and I had told the guys, the warehouse people, you should have all of them to be three hours because it's very inconvenient to go out there every thirty minutes, and that's when they told me that the downstairs one was incorrect, and they actually said to me, "You're the only person who stays here for more than thirty minutes at a time." Best customer. <laughs> you yeah. yeah. So yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, remember when we first moved everything into that place four and a half years ago, um, I was there almost from opening to closing every day trying to organize that stuff. So, you know, it, it was a, a, a home not away a, from home. Yeah. Not a getaway, but uh, I used to bring sandwiches, right. I used to sit there, have snacks, I'd be you on know, Facebook or whatever sitting there. So, so I think that that kind of gets at it. I think Steve utilizes it in a way that I think room probably is appropriate. I think most people probably don't don't spend as much time or, or eat or, you know, really relax in a warehouse space. But hey, man, they're your units. Use them. And you might as well get your money's worth, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So as we, as we said, you move the contents of the downstairs unit to another slightly smaller unit. No, no. Same, 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 same dimensions. Same dimensions. It's just because of the, the front, I guess, the entryway door, which... I don't know how to describe it. It was one of those doors that... There's a gate that gate, go, yeah, goes as, up and down, right? As, and, and also because of the configuration, um, it looks smaller. It, was, it looks like it was a small room, but it's actually the same size. And I actually got more stuff into there than I had previously. And we just came from Westies and saw the new room slash unit. And I was I, super complimentary. Steve's logistical ability and how he organized this thing was just a tremendously efficient efficient use of space. You laid that out well, even with your work table, and you maximized floor-to-ceiling usage. 
Yeah, I mean, I was there a couple of weeks ago with Steve, and uh, I mean, all all chop busting aside, like it's very impressive. It's extremely well organized. Everything is, uh, you know, you have your your Marvel statues, you have them alphabetized by character to the extent possible. You know, your DC stuff. I mean, like everything and is is laid out very logistically. It's very fantastic, well. and you're able to walk the whole thing and unencumbered. It's not. Uh, yeah. It's not a hardship. Now, the reason you moved from downstairs to this upstairs unit was because they were going to raise the rent on the downstairs one? Rent was going to go up by about $100 a month. Was, was, wh- why was it more expensive downstairs? Was it proximity to the dock? But, yeah, there's a back room, a back... Uh, loading dock? Loading dock. Oh, okay. So okay. because of that and because of the type of uh, open door. It wasn't a door. Oh, the it was, gate. It's a gate. Ri- yeah, rising, rising gate. gate. Okay. So... Um, now, my thing is, I feel like, again, going back to this whole Westie's best customer thing. Well, first of all, I, I have to assume at this location, at least, you you must be their best customer. That's what they tell me. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you've had two, you know, rather, what are the dimensions of these again, roughly? Well, it's 300 square feet. The dimensions, um, I don't know what, uh, you, you have a better eye than I do. I just want people to be clear. We're not talking about, like, a locker here or a small closet. Like, they, they are, yeah. they are... Vast. Rooms, <laughs> they are vast. I mean, yeah. people. When you see the documentary, they're in the they're in the new documentary. Yeah. What would you say, if I may, twenty uh, by fifteen or something like that? I would say twelve by by twenty or something like that. The the well, the hallway, square feet. The remember, hallway, so. I think, is twelve. My guess would be like. 12 feet wide and then 20 feet deep. Something like that. But well, That's whatever. just a guess. I didn't. Yeah, but I think, well, it's got to be, I'd say 15 by 20. That way you have your 300. No, that's not. <laughs> no, yeah, that way yes. you have your 300 yes. square feet. Yes. Right? And then the comic book room oh. is probably in that same neighborhood, actually. Yeah. So you have two very large spaces that you've yep. had for five years now. So yep. I have to, I have to imagine. And you pay on time. I mean, I have to imagine you are their best customer. Such that I feel like if you had said to them, like, hey, can you keep my, my rent at its current level? I feel like they would have been receptive. No. Uh, well, no, I, I think certain things are going to be a corporate decision. They wouldn't have any say in that. But that's why they were able to get me the alternative of we can move you to this other room, which is the same square feet, but it doesn't, it's not going to have the same uh, rate, rental rate since it's not uh, centrally located to their back freight dock. Actually, having just seen it, less than two hours ago. And again, I'm, I'm super impressed with uh, the logistics and just how organized and how detailed and how just clean and nice it was. Uh, but you're so close to the front door, that's fantastic. I mean, you're, you're, you're literally the first door on the right and then hallway. Yeah. Well, I, I can't get lazy about it. <laughs> I can't say, well, gee, if they open up the room next to that, I can take the comic book uh, room and put it, you know, so I'd be, be right next to each other. I don't have to walk you know, that much farther. Steve but, digs uh, a hole between <laughs> units. So takes, down and, yeah. takes down the wall, yeah, so it's like one large the, room. Yeah, the separating wall. I feel like, though, I feel like a big part of you actually welcomed the, I know it was a lot of work, but I, I feel like part of you welcomed the opportunity to move because it allowed you to, you know, rearrange and catalog everything, right? Is that Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, say? because uh, for all these years, I've only been selling the, the Bowen busts and the Bowen statues and some of the DC things, because that's the only thing I could get access to. Like you physically, though, that was all that was yeah. physically accessible. Now have, you have access to everything yeah. because of the way you laid it all yeah. out. The reason I didn't do toys for the past couple of years is because I couldn't get to them. But now that uh, it's all set up, it's like I can just walk in and say, gee, oh, I need God. this, I need that. And I can just grab a case of Marvel Select. It's so well labeled. Simpsons. It's tremendously well labeled. You've got easy access to everything. You've got that table for uh, packing and preparing the shipments yeah i set up a, the folding yeah. table there so that we have a workspace i can actually take a case of uh 
well, Batman, Automobilia, whatever it was called, spread them all out, their Star Trek sh- starships, see what I have, and then reorganize it. So that's how it uh, As you moved from the former unit to the new unit, was there anything that you found that really surprised? Like, wow, I didn't know I had this. Lots of stuff. What was, of, I would have, I've been, you know, there are, there are a lot of boxes that were not labeled. Top of mind. I mean, what was the first thing that comes to you? You're like, wow, I didn't know I had this. Oh, gee. Um, it's almost every box you open up. It's like, I had no idea. I thought I had sold all of these. Um, what are they? They weren't Marvel Select, but the Universal Monsters. Mm. You know, you'd open it and say, I thought I sold, oh, I sold all like of Frankenstein them. Frankenstein or The Mummy yeah. or something like that. And I just found another Phantom of the Opera. Or I opened it up and said, I didn't even know I had this. Uh, oh, the 300 figures. I didn't know I, had, I still had those. So, uh, and I forgot, I had totally forgotten the sealed cases. I forgot we had all those McFarlane Talisac from the, uh, was it, um, Clive Barker Nightbreed things, you know, and then you look it up and say, wow, each of these is really, they were expensive when they came out, but now you look and say each one is expensive. So it's like, now I got three cases. Yeah. I, I very much agree with Anthony that in some ways this must've been fun for you to go through and just in your own mind, get a sense of, oh, this is the stuff I have and I know where it is. Well, it was nice for me because, you know, I always go to the warehouse and say, what should I sell next? But now uh, I find these boxes of things that, uh, when the boys packed it up when we were closing the store, they just took magazine boxes and just took figures off the pegs. So there was no rhyme or reason to where they were putting in the box. They just fit, and they could put the top on and, and get it out of the, the store. So now I, I could take, what do we have? It must be like a 10 of those boxes. Easily, yes, yes. You know, so if I want to go in, and I'll grab the top box and take it home and say, oh, look at this. There's one Supergirl figure. There's one Marvel Select figure. There's something. It's, it's, a, it's a mishmash. It keeps me from getting bored when right. I list stuff on eBay. And that's the thing, the question that people always ask, and I think we know the answer, but just to confirm, you're still enjoying yourself doing this. On eBay? Yeah. Except for the people, yeah. Even even on eBay, where you don't have to deal with them face to face. I will tell you, <laughs> oh, the first 30 seconds uh, in his house today. Yeah. Uh, I had to keep him waiting because I was writing a reply to somebody. <laughs> no, I know. I'm sure they, they haggle. I'm sure I'm sure it's a lot of the same frustrations at the store, but now it's electronic. But I don't know. What else is there where you don't have to deal with, you can sell, but not deal with people at all? I, I don't I'm know. Because your, tri- your trigger point is so low. <laughs> no. uh, it's going to be yeah. a fun weekend in the, June. The, the, no, the only thing, uh, again, uh, we'll go, going back a little bit, the, the, the main reason to do this show. Yeah is because after having rearranged everything in, in the, I'll say the toy statue room, I see how much stuff we have and it's like, well, it would be to my benefit to try to move a lot of this stuff quickly. And um, that's why I said, well, let's do a show. That way I can get rid of all these, like say, huge Bowen statues, which I can still sell online, but the packing and you know, hoping that it gets to California without getting damaged is, is nerve-wracking. But right. if I can take these things and just sell them at the show, even discounted, I can clear up the space in the warehouse, get rid of these big things, not worry about trying to find a large Amazon box on recycling day from some neighbor that I can throw it in. Um, yeah, I mean, every recycling day, I'm walking around the neighborhood with the dog and I see somebody's you know paper recycling and say, oh, this is a great box. And I'm walking down the street carrying empty boxes with the dog. That Odo boy. <laughs> that Odo boy. <laughs> What's he doing now? <laughs> That's what they say. But uh, So it was relatively, like there wasn't much time then between you deciding, or at least thinking about doing the show and that brunch, right? Because you moved everything around the holidays. uh, Yeah, I mean, the first, uh, they they made that new room available to me on the 31st of December. And uh, so I I took advantage of it immediately to uh, to go in there and start doing it. And as I 
started doing that, I, I got more of a sense of how much stuff there was downstairs. And so the next day when we had the brunch, it's still on my mind of um, the quantity of product. So it was we that have. that quick of a turnaround between yeah. you being like, maybe I'll do a show, and I, mentioning it at that brunch, and right. then we were off and running. Right, but you're running so fast, and it's like, no, hey, <laughs> no, okay. So on that note, and I actually I, I already recorded the next episode uh, where uh, Chris Wilcock comes on the show. He's the organizer of Undiscovered Realm Comic Con, and I talk about this in the next episode, but I'll say it here too. It was very important to me that. Uh, you know, first of all, this wasn't something that we really even encouraged you to do initially, as we've discussed, like, you know, you, you came up with it at the brunch. And for myself, I was like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to insert myself too much into this process, because I, this is your thing. And, you know, hopefully it'll go well, and I'm sure it will go well, but in case it doesn't, (laughs) I don't want this to be me. So all I did initially was uh, I texted Chris, and I gave him a heads up. I just said, Steve is thinking about doing the show. What does he need to do? He told me that he he just needs to know what sort of setup you wanted to have. So I relayed that to you, and I gave you Chris's email. And that was it. And then a good bit of time went by, or a few weeks at least. Oh, I think it was about a week. It might have been a little week, bit more. 10 days? Yeah. Uh, and I heard, I actually happened to be texting with you and Chris independently, and... Uh, each of you independently mentioned that no communication had happened yet. You were like, oh, I haven't, you were still in the midst of moving everything and, uh, and cataloging and all of that. And, and I think that probably, you know, preoccupied you and your time, understandably. Well, that's part of it. But part of it is like, eh. <laughs> I mean, was it, was it that you like, this wasn't something that you're like, I'm dying to do this show. So like if they ran out of space, I don't care. So it goes. Yeah. 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 That's pretty much it. But you know, that's, so that's what I'm saying. I feel like this flies in the face of hesitation kills. No, because I don't look at it and say, gee, if I don't do this show, I'm screwed and I've got all this stuff. So hesitation I, kills, but I, if you don't care, it's all right. Well, no, if it's like, if I know that I can still sell the stuff on my own, right. and I'm just not doing it at the show with the extra headaches, then it, it works out fine. Right. You know, if we do it and it, it does well, it's, it's great too. If we, if we do it and it doesn't do well, I'm not expect my expectations are low and I won't be disappointed. Well, that is another Odoism yeah. and a good but, one. But, um... But you know, if it happens, it happens. It's not doesn't it's not the be all end all of getting rid of the stuff in the warehouse. Um, with, as far as Chris, I figured okay, since you had already made the uh, uh, first contact with him about it, and he was aware of it. If again, if the space was available, then I take it. And if they said, "Well, I'm sorry, we sold out," it's like, "Oh, okay." If I hadn't reached out to him, do oh. you think you might have just this might have just faded away? Possibly. Yeah. 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 But then after your second contact with him, he said, okay, here's the space. This is what we can get. Send him a check, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay. But again, another week or so goes by. He figures, okay, I'll I'll drop a check off at his place. And then he said, well, he's never really there. So I was like, okay, then there's no point in me stopping by. I'll just mail him a check. And I said, okay, well, he knows it's coming. So it was... (laughs) Well, it was at that point when we we got more specific about the booth setup where I, I stepped up a little bit because I... He actually was getting to the point where he, he was selling booths and the corner spaces in particular were going. Mm-hmm. You know, he said like he still hadn't heard from you about what space you were you were looking for. And I figured maybe you didn't have something so specific in mind. So that's when I asked him like what like what what are our options? Uh, and then he offered this double booth corner setup, which sounded amazing. And when I sent that to you, uh you know, a little, I don't know, a few minutes or however long passed. And then I, I got the text response and I saw, you know, Steve Odo iMessage on my phone. And I turned to Steph and I was like, he's going to, he's going to have a reason why, like, he doesn't want to do it or he doesn't want that size space. Like, I really, like, it took a couple seconds before I even opened it because I'm like, I know, 
I know he's going to be down on it. And I was, again, this man Surprise. is full of surprises, surprises. in 2020. He goes, sure, why not? I was over the moon. I was like, I can't, this is amazing. So easy to ha- make him happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I, you are the only person in the world I know that is intensely predictable and simultaneously unpredictable. You are also a self-described, and we we've, we all see it as well, a contrarian. So part of me feels like maybe we would have been better off if we were like, when you said, I'm thinking of doing the show. Oh, don't do don't it. Don't do no, it. don't do it. Get the, if you do it, get the smallest space that yeah. they have. Get the little little. Wait to the night table. before. If he's got a table, take it. Don't don't rush. <laughs> he would have been on the phone with Chris. <laughs> Give me your biggest booth I'll right take, now. <laughs> I'll take the entire convention center. <laughs> <laughs> Just change the U to an A. A-R. A-R con. <laughs> But no, I mean, look, I am excited. I know, you know, Rich is excited too. Bill, I mean, Bill's flying in from New Mexico. Did, for did this. he confirm that he's going to be able to fly? The in? last, I, I sent him a text a little while ago. I said, "What do you?" Th-? I said, "No pressure." I said, "But what do you think about me doing like a special, like super limited edition run of AR shirts at this thing?" No response. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, doing the shirts is, is a lot of hard work. It's for a lot him. of work. That's yeah, why I said no pressure. I was yeah. just floating the idea. But I mean, I am excited. But it's part of it is well. Part of it's personal. I think we'll have a fun time, and I think it's an opportunity to reconnect with former customers, people we haven't seen in a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah, yeah. Creatively, it's given me fodder for this, and so I feel like I feel like Steve gave me an, an amazing gift with this. I feel like it, maybe it wasn't even conscious, but I feel like we did that last episode, and he was like, "I'm really sad. Like Anthony's not going to be doing the podcast because he doesn't have anything to talk about. So let me give him something to talk about." No, oh, I don't think that. I think so. <laughs> I think in the back of your mind, maybe. <laughs> If it makes you happy, <laughs> think like that. <laughs> Only Steve. Oh, no, I'm not generous. No. Steve, he's, well. You can delude yourself. You can delude yourself if you want, but go ahead. But so, you know, personally, I think it'll be fun. Creatively, it's given us stuff to talk about. But then also, again, from a financial business perspective, I think, and going back to what, what Rich was getting at before, the proximity. I mean, you literally, there's no closer convention. I mean, the distance between the warehouse and the Westchester County Center is, minute. I mean, minutes, couple right. minutes. right. So the opportunity to have uh, backup lots of the various merchandise that will be there so that we can run and replenish whenever needed, yeah. what an advantage. And you would only have it at this show. Yeah. No, I think I, I'm, I'm looking at it more from a logistics point of view. It's like, what do we take to sell and who can we get to help us? Because you remember, I don't have vehicles anymore. I don't have the Pathfinder. Yeah, which the you automobile. Could, you could really pack a lot of stuff into there. But you know. don't. We've got the Rav Four. Doesn't Westies? Uh, they have a truck, but I've got to return it before end of day. Oh, okay. This actually brings yeah. up something I wanted to talk about because, again, this whole idea of Westies best customer. Now, Steve would never take advantage. I know this. You're very gracious, generous. You would never take advantage. But I can't help but think, Rich. Like, what what could he get away with as their best customer? Because <laughs> I feel like, I feel like if he came out one day after being back there for two oh, hours and said, oh. Boy, I'm hungry. I'd, I'd love a roast beef sandwich now. I think one of those guys in the jackets would no. run out that door, go to the nearest deli. No. Go, am, do you yeah. want that? that yeah. <laughs> I, am, I am convinced. I know, Steve, you did not watch The Office, right? No, I didn't watch The Office. All right. You didn't th- watch West Wing, so I'm know. not watching The Office. Okay, that's fair, I guess. <laughs> but there's this, uh, you know, for anyone not familiar, including, you know, Michael Scott is the manager of this the, this branch of a paper company, and he's a, a very unorthodox manager. But his branch, his branch's numbers are always very high, like the branch performs well. And so at one point, the CFO brings Michael into corporate because, you know, the company is hurting, but this one branch is thriving. And he brings Michael in and he's trying to figure out, like, what, like, what are you doing? <laughs> 
<laughs> that were, and of course, Michael can't articulate anything. But I feel like it's something similar happens at Westies, where like corporate is looking at the numbers and going, "Geez, that place in White Plains is making more profit." They bring the manager and they're like, "What are you doing there?" Yeah. I feel like yeah. he's got the lowest turnover rate, the great greatest consistency, the most loyal customers. <laughs> I only have, they're going to send trainees. I only have two, <laughs> I only have two units. Units. I only have two of them. You know, there are hundreds in that building, but but they do have a good. Uh, uh, occupancy rate. I think it's like oh, probably about ninety eight percent. But very impressive. few. Uh, how many people uh, lease units for four and a half years of that size? Uh, I you know it's, it's a big world. I'm sure there are other people who have huge okay. bigger rooms downstairs. Even today, when we when we parked and walked in, I saw that guy smile and wave at you. <laughs> You know what's well, so funny they, though? They they know me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is great because you know on the one hand it's like you know again Steve's fighting us at every turn here, but he he wouldn't be Steve if we were like you're Westy's best customer. Oh, yeah. He's like yep. Yeah. <laughs> Steve is a contrarian. Yeah. Steve, yeah. But I think I I think if you're, if you're not their best customer, boy, are you up there? And I feel like I mean at a minimum, if you were like, hey, I'm kind of hungry. I feel like they would accommodate you. I mean, I don't know where the line is between yeah, that and like, <laughs> I've got a dead hooker back here. Like, can you help me? I mean, they'd probably say no to that. But then again, I don't know. Yeah. This is like a TV show to you. This is like The Office to you. Yeah. Um, in case you haven't noticed, like this is a show that we're doing. <laughs> it's always funny to me when we do these episodes. How because, he processes. Because I feel like Steve like comes in, he's like, you know, a lot of times like he doesn't want to give me anything. And I'm so, I'm thinking to myself like, he knows, like, this is a show we're putting out there, right? Like, we're recording this for people to be entertained by. I, I guess I look at the podcast as more informational. As I, I, I don't. <laughs> as, as, as opposed to, uh, well, you know, like, like an interview with a, what do you call it? Let, let, let's say you're a radio show host and you had a singer coming in. Right. Right. And it's more informational. But yeah, I'll be doing shows at such and such place and here's my new song and blah, blah, blah. And I think it's more informational as opposed to the entertainment type of uh, interview where it's uh, like, what, like what, what, what's I always talk about the, what's that guy's name Graham Norton right yeah yeah the, to sit down everybody just tells stories funny stories of oh when I was just starting out and I you know, got arrested for blah 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 then those are the funny stories and I don't think I don't consider these podcasts to be funny story time although it's funny because when uh, this is going back a couple of years but our good friend Lord Retail Jermaine the manager of Acme Comics when I was down there uh, in advance of the Kickstarter campaign, we um, for my comic shop country, we we filmed a quick promo video encouraging people to to support the campaign, and he was wonderful in the video. But it was so funny because he kept saying like, you know, basically if you like the podcast, like you should help support this documentary. And he was like, you know, the podcast is great. He's like, as a retailer, like the data. He kept saying data, and I'm thinking to myself, this makes it sound like so dry and scientific. But you know, everybody gets something different out of the show. From my perspective, yes, I certainly want to you know, pull out as much, you know, both entertaining and informative, uh, you know, content as, as I can. Yeah, maybe, I mean, if I may, for the balance of this discussion, this podcast, maybe you should not look at it as a PBS clinical dry interview as much as, hey, here's what excites me about what's going on this, this June at this show. Nothing excites him about <laughs> it. Does anything excite you about it? Um, I like the idea that we might be able to get rid of a lot of supplies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I ha remember I still have what uh, fifteen cases of backing boards. Yes, and probably that many cases of comic book bags. And we used to joke that it was our best seller. 
at the store. Right. Yes, people would buy the pre-made bags and boards right. for 25 cents each. So again, you know, in, in preparation for this show, even though it's months away, thank God we got the extra month, I can, I can make you know, thousands of pre-made bags and boards and just bring like long boxes of that stuff for people who are at the other booths buying loose comic books and say, well, okay, for a quarter, I can get two of these things and, and bag and board. That, that might be our best seller at this show. It would be sad, but it would, could be the best seller. I think you might have floated this idea to someone else at this table and, 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 Bill. <laughs> and, and Bill, and I think they thought you were, maybe you were serious in the moment or not. They thought you were. Were you? How serious were you? I still am. That that's all you would bring. No, no. <laughs> that's how <laughs> the return I, of all the realities. <laughs> Home of the bag and board. <laughs> no, uh, no, seriously. It's like, you know, instead of, well, I mean, it becomes a really, for me, the, the problem about getting ready for the show is what do you take? Right. You know, I don't think taking boxes of, of miscellaneous books on the off chance that somebody's after this particular issue of Captain America or that particular issue of Action Comics, you know, what are the chances? There's, there are millions of titles. So if I bring in four boxes, it'll be comics from A to D. And people say, do you have any Justice League? And I say, well, yes, but not here. When Steve and I had lunch, you know, we talked a little bit about what he might bring. And I think the full subject of this, I think, will be a, its own episode. But uh, it, Which it, means you're coming back. It's a, yeah. <laughs> I'll send you multiple reminders. <laughs> Never responds to them, mind you. I well, keep no. texting this guy. I'm like, I'll see you, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you at 2.30. Oh, no I, response. I, he showed me. An Anthony sends a text, 2.30. It's like a thumbs up, man. No, we were joking about it at the warehouse. When you sent the text, I said, see you at 2.30. Oh, what did he... I was going to reply, 2.30 question mark. <laughs> <laughs> and Rich says, don't do that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so, but, you know, Rick, uh, Steve and I, we had lunch. We talked a little bit about what, what he might bring. And I, the, it seemed like almost everything you had a reason not. why you were not going to bring it. Like, for example, the back issues, not just J's, but the back issues generally, since they're alphabetized. It's you're, 120 long boxes worth of back issues in alphabetical right. order. I don't want to spend the next month taking empty Do you have anything boxes. that's random still? Anything? No. So what you're saying is like you, you obviously can't bring everything. So then it becomes a matter of either you just bring like letter J <laughs> or, or you have to go through and pull out One a little each. bit from, from, yeah, where we have multiple, especially we have multiples, a long box might have. Right, right. right. Only 50, you know, well, Long Bicycle is what, 250, 300 books? And there might actually only be 50 different titles right. in that one. So I have to pull them all out, okay. make random boxes, 20 random boxes of books. Is there any way around this that you see? Well, Rich? possibly. Uh, if I, The only thing you might consider is bring uh, like a box of X-Men, a box of Superman, a box from Batman, because there's probably a lot of content that's already assembled for that character. Yeah. And they're the more popular characters. But at the same time, remember, you can't, I, as a customer, when I was collecting, it really bothered me to go up to a table, find some books. There's no prices on this stuff. Well, we could put a sign up, uh, five know, two for, for a dollar or something like that. Well, or, if you're talking about good back issues, it's like you don't just take an X-Men book and say, okay, I'll take $2 for this book, and it's like a $10 back issue. Right, so to to actually go through this stuff and grade it and price it and say, okay, here's a fifteen dollar copy, here's a twelve dollar copy. You know. One thing I admire you in in the story, you had diversity of inventory and content. Are you going to? I mean, I'm assuming you're going to mix it up and bring different types of things. I'm assuming. What are your thoughts about? Or is it too early? I mean, what what are your thoughts about what you're going to bring to well, the show? Anyway, I would love to say let's bring 
um, trade paperbacks. But remember, when we packed it up, we have 40 short boxes filled with all Marvel trade paperbacks, 40 short boxes of DC trades, and 40 short boxes of nothing but independent trades. So and I just recall the last time we did the show was at that county center. It wasn't an Undiscovered Realm show. I don't remember. Right. Who, it, was a different, it was a different convention, but yeah. it was at the county center. And it was just like a year or two before you closed the store. Yeah. And we talked about this. We set it up in such a way that we had some trades. We had some toys. We had uh, dollar books. Boxes of dollar books. We had boxes of better books at five dollars a piece, five or ten dollars a piece, and we had a wall set up behind us that had lots of uh, what do you call it? Nice, expensive back issues. Right. You know. But the problem is, uh, you know, we're talking about a small show in White Plains, New York, where you don't have people walking in with two or three thousand dollars each to to, to buy a, a nice book. You know, you know, people have, go with $200, $300 in their pockets, and they, they want to just get the dollar books uh, that they can go home with shopping bags full of them. Right. Uh, we had that really nice Hulk 181, first Wolverine. And um, I don't even remember what we priced it at, but it wasn't outrageous. It was probably a decent price. And people, we had a lot of people stand there and go, wow, that's a great looking book. I wish I could get that book. But nobody was going to ask to buy it. Nobody could afford it. We had the run of Walking Dead when Walking Dead was a big deal. A complete run, except for number one. I think I sold that before. But we had a complete run, and uh, nobody was buying a, a single issue. We had a whole bunch of amazing Spider-Mans, Bronze Age, maybe a couple even Silver Age Spider-Mans. And these are, these are the books that real collectors go after. And um, had, none of that stuff on the shelves sold. Um, so if I may, it was it was a it was a a, lo, a, a lost leader. I don't know. It was, it's a, we uh, we sold almost nothing. We had action figures the whole bit. But that's why I don't know what to take this new show. Okay, ba- bags and boards. Well, well, you go ahead, Rich. No, I was going to say, based on as you said, this this is a very regional, a local White Plains show. My question is, knowing the market, knowing the people that go, what do you think would resonate with the consumer i mean like if they're not uh, really really a fan of the silver age or a fan of the bronze age and they don't want to fork out big dollars uh, and uh, i can ask the question i don't know the answer what do you think might resonate or pique the interest of the consumer based on what i observed from that other show uh prior to the show remember we sold uh joe big joe um i can't pronounce his last name but uh he bought I don't remember what fifty long boxes worth of our back stock mm-hmm. for about five thousand dollars, and uh, he got a great deal for what he got. But um, he took all that stuff, went to the show. He didn't even put it in any, any kind of order. He just had piles of boxes, not even in the long boxes, just on the table, you know, uh, vertical piles of of comic books at a dollar a piece, and he had crowds of people lined up two or three lines to go through that and they're pulling up books and they're, and they're throwing their $20 bills at the guy all day long. He probably did better than any dealer that did at that show because it was just, to me, junk. It was volume. I mean, it was... Yeah, and it, I guess, and I hate to say it, but and I don't, again, for the reputation of the store, you don't want people to say, wow, Alternate Realities is just selling old junk. But I can, I can, I can certainly put up, well, I'm gonna say uh, two, four, six, eight, ten. I'll say I have 20 diamond boxes filled with damaged comic books. Damaged in terms of maybe a small dent in the corner or a little fold on one edge or broken spines. But they're all relatively, well, relatively new. I mean, 
books from, say, 2000 to 2015. And I can put those things out for 25 cents a piece, and that might actually do better because people can buy a ton of books. I can get rid of, again, what's the diamond box hold? 150 books? Yeah. So let's say conservatively we're talking about 2,000 books. I mean, as far as, you know, people walking away and being like, oh, alternate reality is broad junk. But, I mean, if, if this is the kind of stuff that people are looking for, I feel like they would be happy that you had it and they'd be happy to buy. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know that that necessarily should hold you back. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, you're talking about, you know, why you don't want to bring uh, some of the less expensive back issue fodder, but also why you don't want to bring the high end stuff. I, I mean, that, that's why, you know, I'm a, this is almost we a, need comics. I, I think the show is also almost just a showcase for us, for you to put an advertisement out for your podcasts <clears throat> and for your, your DVDs and your, you know, whatever movies that you're going to sell on Amazon. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a place for me to put on advertising saying, listen, I have everything that prior to 2015. So if you want something, here's my email. Write to me. Say, do you have Avengers number blah, blah, blah? And I, because it's organized after all these years, it was certainly not organized at the store, but it's, so, it's, it's such a way that I can say, yes, I do, or no, I don't, and just do the sale privately that way and say, okay, listen, for 10 bucks, here, I'll meet you at the warehouse and you can grab this stuff. And, yeah. and the same thing with the big statues. Or the, or the, you know, I mean, we sold a lot of stuff in the past five years online. But if somebody says, do you have a, a Mandarin, Bowen Mandarin mini bust? I said, well, well, by not, chance. Not now. <laughs> but we have one left. I just sold one the other day. So we just at the warehouse and I pulled the last one off the shelf. But it's like I can say, yes, I have it. This is the price. My price is always lower than everybody else on eBay anyway. So I can even actually make it probably even lower than that if I'm going to do a, a hand, you know, a face-to-face sale and, and avoid the eBay fees and avoid the postage stuff. You know, well, and so on this note, I mean, let, let me just say, like, I I want you to get out of this show what you want to get out of it. So if you're re- if you're coming at this from the perspective of like, hey, there are some things that are challenging to sell and ship via eBay, like these big statues and these heavy hardcovers. And I have an opportunity to move them here at the show. And it's a marketing opportunity. I mean, I appreciate that you're looking at it as one for me. Thank you. And, you know, for yourself and to promote the Super Odo eBay handle. You know, if that's what you're looking to get at the show, like, that's fine. I mean, I ultimately, as far as I'm here in a support capacity, like, whatever will, will get you what you want out of the show. I guess, but if we are having the conversation of, like, what could potentially work generally, I mean, I guess a couple of things. One, I, I know that last show at the county center, you know, it wasn't the hottest, but... This is a different show. It's been a few years. It's still a new show. It's still growing. And this year, there will be more comics vendors there. I don't know if that will mean more comics fans are coming there looking to buy. I don't know. But the thing I keep coming back to, and we've talked about it before, but the proximity. I think the fact that you're so close, it's like you have the opportunity, if you want, where you can bring a mix of things. Bring bring some trades. Bring some dollar books. Bring some expensive books. Bring bags and boards. If they don't sell, we bring them back. And if if they do sell, we have backup lots ready to go. I mean, again, with most any other show, you can't do that. You mm-hmm. really have to commit to something. With this, you can bring a little bit of everything and test it out. Because I think that's the thing. This show is is a little more untested. We don't really know what what people are going to be looking for. Yeah, I suppose it'll be a, it'll be a little variety of everything. So there will be some trades. And, but I guess I have to look at the titles and say, well, there's no point in bringing this. What's what's an obscure uh, Aztec, the Ultimate Man. Okay. But to Rich's point, like, right, and we always talked about this at the store. What were the big ones, right? Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men. If you you just brought a mix of that stuff, you're likely to hit somebody who's like, oh, I'm looking for this. Mm. 
But again, as alternate realities, remember, one of our specialties was we had that oddball stuff too, right? Uh, what's that little dead girl? What was the name of that? Lenore. Oh, yeah. Little dead girl. You know, we sold a lot of that. And it's like, how many people are looking for that? But because nobody else has it, carries in their store. That's why, you know, you went to alternate realities and say, well, here's this obscure, you know, the, what's that guy's name? I, this, uh, I can't even remember. That's it's okay. been so But, you know, it's like those oddball things. Even Hellboy. You know, it's not that it's a small title, but uh, it doesn't have the fan following of The Amazing Spider-Man. But if we brought one of each of the Hellboy traits, would that sell? I don't know. Well, I, I think, candidly, I think you really need to think about the consumer at this show, what they're interested in, what their pat- buying patterns are, what they want to obtain. Candidly, some of the stuff you might bring might ne- never resonate with the people that attend this show, yeah. right? So, uh, candidly, I would say there might be certain things like a very rare uh, omnibus, a big, heavy... Yeah, but you see, that kind of stuff, I have no trouble selling online. But you okay, said that you okay, don't okay. want to ship the heavy hardcovers. No, you would the, prefer... the books are easy because you can still okay, do okay. media mail. Uh-huh. Okay. It's the big statues. I mean, okay. remember that Jabba the Hutt? Yeah. Yeah, if I can bring the Jabba the Hutt, that's great. That'll fill up the car, so we'll have to make several trips. But again, it's a $1,000 Jabba the Hutt. Even if I put it at $500, I doubt anybody's going to walk in and say, here's $500, I want this Jabba See, the Hutt. I think that's the sort of analysis you need to go through. Yeah, because but we have, and we in, in knowing the quantity of stuff we have in the warehouse, it's like, shall we take every, we have five sections of, of seal shelving that have nothing but Boeing bus, mini bus. We could bring all that stuff. We can put them all out at, say, $50 each, even if they're $75, some of them are $35, but we can sell, we can do that and blow it out and clear up five shelves of the steel. But I don't want to be just nothing but bus. Agreed. Okay. Agreed. You know? No, very so much. So that's agreed. why I agreed. Think, I think, yes, we have to bring combination. And uh, I, I, I still think the bags and boards are going to be very, uh, very profitable. I think you, I think this will be a surprise for you. Um, You're going to sell them made up? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It only takes me, what, six minutes to do 100? <laughs> <laughs> the old days. Maybe I slow down. It'll Probably take me seven, seven or eight minutes. minutes you know? But you know, if, if I bring three long boxes of nothing but pre-made bags and boards at 25 cents a piece or buy... Uh, I, I, <laughs> I really think you're overestimating. I, I wouldn't necessarily bring three long boxes. I, maybe one. Really? You see, I, I think... Because people are going to say, okay, I need... To, even at the store. We always had a, mm-hmm. bo- a long box filled with them to restock what was on the front. And we always... What, what did that front hold? Yeah, but you had people coming in, I mean, and all buying, day buying and they're comics. And buying, they're buying comic books, and they're saying, okay, and they take three or four, and some guys would take 20 or something like that. So if you're at a comic convention, and every other dealer is selling just loose comic books here and there, and then you're walking by and say, okay, I just need three boards. And, and I, know, I, really, I really do believe it's going to, okay, I'll compromise. I'll bring two long boxes. But I bring really one believe, long box and one short box. <laughs> That's not a compromise. <laughs> you're, you're only meeting him half dead middle. <laughs> You've got to use Steve compromise. Advantage Steve. <laughs> but The iron fist to doom. So, yes. Yeah, so, the bags and boards are going to be some of the big statues. Um, Namor is, you know Namor is going to make an appearance. We have our own swim team. <laughs> the men's polo team. Now, to his credit, you know what amazed me? One of the things I noticed today, of the 12 Namors, there's only five left. Wow. No. So they do sell. Yeah, you've been saying you have hundreds of items listed on eBay. And yeah, I think this, again, one of the other reasons why I'm so glad that you're doing this and where I see the opportunity, and I might be being a cockeyed optimist here, and maybe this won't happen, but 
I mean, I ha- if we can get the word out, and hopefully this podcast goes a long way towards that, hopefully you start posting about it on social media, let people know. I mean, you have all these former customers. A lot of them ended up at Spider's Web, and the Spider's Web will be at the show as well. So that might actually pull some people. But I mean, it's an opportunity, yes, on the personal side to see them, but hopefully to make some sales and, for, and to, to pull our former customers back. Listen, I, uh, one of the few things, uh, we've talked about this before, one of my few things, I, the few things I miss about the store is the customers. And when I do visit Paul at Spider's Web or when I do visit uh, Mark over at Oh Yeah, I uh, inevitably run into old customers. And so, you know, we stand around and chat and it's really nice. Uh, one of the problems that we had at that last show that we did was that there are all our old customers, our, our current customers at the time. Right. So everybody was just coming in to say hi. But and that's I, what we spent I the whole time doing. But <laughs> I mean, because they were current customers, they already had, they already had the content. Right. Right. So, so, that, so it'd be nice as a reunion in that sense. Like, no, that, but I that's, think what Rich is saying that, is like, these are people now who haven't bought from exactly. you in five years. Exactly. Yeah. But again, I, I, well, I, I'm a contrarian, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, there's so much product, new product out there that they're currently buying that we don't carry. So are they going to come in and say, oh, here's that dark side action figure from New Guts that I didn't buy when you had it at the store, so let me buy it from you now. I won't know. I mean, again, this this is, you know, this is an experiment of sorts. Yeah. And again, I can't sit here and I, I'm not sitting here and saying like, okay, if you bring this, they're going to fly. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's and what, so it's, yes, so it will be a, it will be a mishmash of stuff. I, I don't. I, I yeah. I'll, I'll drop the bags so, of boards. So, so but but no, so I you just have some. You haven't determined the overall composition. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's it's going to take preparation. And again, yep. you know, where I thought we're in February, I only had March and April to get this thing ready. Now I have May. It's going to be my sitting down with short boxes, empty short boxes, going to the warehouse and saying, well, let me pull these G.I. Joe trades and Transformers trades and stuff that people seem to still care about because they don't want this miscellaneous Avengers trade out of the 25,000 Avengers trades that have come out in the past 10 years. So I'm not going to bring those. Maybe I'll bring some if, if, it's a, if a multiples. Right. But, you know, then and it means taking 90% of it back to the warehouse after the show is over and then putting it back into this bookcase space that they're in now. But it's, it's, it's a lot of prep to do this show. Yeah. And, and again, it's not going to be all trade paperbacks and hardcovers. You're going di- to diversify. Yeah. I mean, maybe I should take those really big, you know, like the Omnibus and the Absolutes, those big hardcovers that are $100, $150 each and making $50 or something and, and do it that way yeah. so that the, the, the opportunity to buy some really, not say, I won't say rare, but expensive items at a is, deep is discount. It's so appealing. This is your opportunity to buy it. I mean, that's a one-two punch. If you have something that people really can't get their hands on anymore, and you're discounting it, I mean, I think that's I think yeah. that's great. I mean, I, you know, I I feel like overall we're on the same page. <laughs> I, it's hard, sometimes it's hard to tell with you. I don't know, but well, yeah. One thing I've learned, Steve, you do not like to be cornered. <laughs> don't tell me what I can't do. I'm yeah. doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and again, going back to the show itself, like I said, you know, it, this is still a relatively young show. And in past editions, haven't had as strong of a comics presence. But again, hopefully that's shifting a little bit this year and, and there will be the more comics vendors. So, you know, again, we won't know until we're in there. But I think, and using one of your own autoisms, backup for the backup of the backup, it's like if we cover enough bases... And have those backups ready to go. It's like once we get a better sense of like, okay, what people are looking for. But I think, I mean, you've already said it. I mean, people go to conventions. And you know this as a 
as a fan, a collector, and you know whether it's working a show or just attending, people do go looking for deals. They look, to, they love to rummage through back issues. Look at Rich Rowan. Rich Rowan flew to San Diego Comic Con to rummage through back issues <laughs> through dollar bins. Thanks for bringing that. <laughs> These are the most expensive dollar books I've ever bought. I'm on Steve's side. Now. <laughs> I had that coming. Don't, right. don't listen to him. Oh. Yeah, I know no, the hotel room was, you shared the hotel room and, and the airfare was discounted, right? So it, <laughs> this dollar book only cost you $75. Yeah. Now, now he understands unit cost accounting. That was why I brought that up. Yeah. Let's get into the economics of, of the rooms. <laughs> <sighs> The yeah. rooms. See? The rooms. Oh, I did that just to appeal to you. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. You know. But so I think if, if you, you have that mix. Rooms are less expensive than units. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, on the plus side, I mean, I think it's an advantage that, you know, like Spider's Web and Oh Yeah and New York Hardcore, like these other stores that are going to be there probably will have stuff from the past five years that you don't have. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think it'd be an advantage if you're all selling the same stuff. Right. See, I see. I don't, I don't look at the other guys as competition at all because we're going to have totally different items. Yeah. I, I don't carry pops. So I'm not even, you know, uh, everybody's going to be carrying pops and it's like, I don't, I won't have a single one. Um, I don't mind. Again, I look at the show and say, I don't mind if we really don't make money at it. I'd like to at least cover the cost. But if we don't, it's like, ah, oh, so it goes. Um, I do look at it more as an opportunity to maybe move some of the stuff that's in the warehouse that's too big to sell. Uh, opportunity for you to sell your things, for me to put out the notice that I'm still alive. Um, say hello to some old faces. Because I, I do miss some of these people. You know, these are, I can't say they're all family, but you know, I, I still think about these guys. You know, and uh, and I've for a lot of these guys, I, I've watched their kids grow up. These kids are in college now. I'm not arguing with you. you know, so, I know. <laughs> so, so that uh, that that's why the way I look at this show is like, gee, it's nice to reconnect with with some of the people that uh, were a big part of a part of our lives. Um, you know, ma- making profit would be nice, but I don't see that. It's, it's if if you and Bill were to just do the show by yourself, I want you to be able to make money at it. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. For me. I, I guess I'll say I'm lucky, I'm knock on wood, that uh, if I don't make any money on it, it's not going to make or break me. Oh, could we do an experiment where we're going to have two booths? Can you give Bill and me one of the booths and we bring whatever we want and you in the other booth? We could do that. No, I don't know. I'm just teasing. No. But that would be, wouldn't that be kind of interesting? Y- yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> I I really want to go out to dinner the, after that. <laughs> yeah. Rich, are you going to be there both days, you think? I haven't thought that far ahead. You're going to be there <laughs> either I, day? If, <laughs> yeah, this is, <laughs> are you coming can, at all? If I can just survive day one, I'll, make a, I'll call an audible on day two. <laughs> if you can survive today. So you've already had Warehouse and Lunch with Steve. We're recording now, and then it's, it's your big birthday dinner after this. Thank so you. that's yeah. a lot of Steve. Oh, so but. in June, it might be just one day. <laughs> no, I do want to uh, bring in a, uh, an interruption by way of a story. So uh, about two weeks ago, every, every Sunday, I give Steve a call, 1130-ish, and we just get up to date for the week. So with respect to this show, he did float a number of ideas at me about what he planned to do. But what he wanted to do was he goes rich you know how everyone always says i'm crazy he goes why don't you voice these ideas at anthony's podcast i'll go oh oh that's a good idea my first thought was 
that fucker is setting me up. I'm going to voice these ideas. Are you crazy? <laughs> well, that's true. I forgot that he told you that. And then yeah, like... I, my immediate thought was, he is setting me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, I, you know, I don't know what people's view of this episode will be or if they'll sense that the tone was antagonistic in any way. And, you know, again, we not to speak for Rich, but it's like, yeah, we just want this to be you know, effective. And like I said, however, whatever you want to get out of this. And if you say like, listen, I just want to bring some big statues and some, a few hardcovers and bags and boards and flyers, like, you know, knock yourself out. Like, it's fine. I mean, there was a point where I don't, did I talk to you about this? It's like, you know, I know that people aren't going to be there to buy big books. So I just bring a Batman one and put it on the, on the shelf behind me. So people just stand there and go, ooh, and ah. Isn't, isn't that contradictory? You know? <laughs> well, I know. I mean, it's, nobody's going to, nobody's going to say, here's a hundred thousand dollars. Well, we talked about this when we had lunch. I said maybe you don't, because you were like, I could bring a Batman 1 or an Amazing Fantasy 15. You, maybe you don't need to go that grand. But A, again, you don't know. There might be someone who's looking for the books. And if not, it is an attraction. It might pull somebody in. Yeah, but it's, it's, like, it's just like, you know, it's like if, if we're just going to be there to be a, 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 not a zoo. What's the word I'm looking for? A side a, an attraction? A sideshow side attraction? Not sideshow the company. But <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, Anthony said it magnificently just a few, uh, just about two minutes ago. Whatever makes you happy, we want this to let it be fulfilling for you and let it be effective. And whatever you wish to bring, if you derive joy from that, that's then then it's a success. Yeah, it's just I guess you know it's the um, what's overwhelming is the preparation or the thinking about the preparation for this stuff. But you know what's so uh, weird? Huh? How many mornings with Brandon when we did the church show did we go into the store at five a.m. And spontaneously just grab stuff, grab stuff off the shelf, right? And then at five forty, we're in the in our cars going down. You had the Volvo then, I think. I might have used the Volvo, yeah. Yeah. So now proper Bra- planning. Brandon, Brandon's the other extreme, right? right. Get here at five. We'll figure out what we're going to do. Yeah. Well, there might be something to be said for that. I mean, obviously, you'll prepare more than that, but you know, to Rich's point, it's like maybe don't overthink this so much. Because, again, we don't know. So it's like, you you know, you, you, you gather up a mix of That's stuff. That's completely a foreign concept <laughs> to you. <laughs> Did you see the look on my face just now? <laughs> that, that, don't overthink this. That, duh. Well, listen, if, if a takeaway from this is that, you know, you're, you're open to uh, diverse stock at the show and taking advantage of the proximity. I think that's great. I think, the, for, I mean, again, selfishly, personally, like, those are the two things that I, I would try to encourage you to do. Because I think those are hopefully will will contribute to a successful weekend yeah. it'd be a lot of preparation but again uh it's going to make, take manpower too aside from you and you got hopefully, me, buddy. hopefully bill yep but you know it's like the poor guys in new mexico to fly in for a weekend just to work a show and he's fly that back excited out. you know i mean it'd be great to have him it's just great to have him around all the time you know rich if you can come in you know this is great i'll definitely be there one yeah. day you know i i think we should put you up in a hotel so you can stay overnight I'll definitely be there one day. Okay. <laughs> you wouldn't want to stay over? No, see, I likewise don't like to be cornered. <laughs> That's why Steve and I get along. I, you know, one other thing, you know, going back to excitement levels for this, right? Because obviously from my perspective, and yes, part of it is marketing the podcast, but but personally too, I mean, I'm looking at this as like AR returns for a weekend. I mean, in your mind, are you thinking of it in that sense or are you just like, no, like I'm Steve and I'm going to do a convention? I guess I look at it as Super Roto, formerly of AR. Yeah. Not so much AR. So you don't here. look at it as like yeah. AR is back for yeah. one weekend only. We'll have the sign there. Maybe someone will say, I'll give you $100 for the sign. I'll say, okay. 
<laughs> That'll break your heart. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. No. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess I look at it more from the logistics point of view. I say, you know what? We have all that stuff in the warehouse right now, and I'm taking advantage of all those plastic shelves, those buildable units that have stuff on them. It means before this show, I'm going to take everything off, break down those shelves, put them into the, the boxes that they're purchased in, and use that to set up at the show so we have something to, to uh, stack up. As a backdrop. Yeah. Hey, why don't you just rent like a bus, right? And at the booth, just have a sign that Here says like, warehouse more in the bus. <laughs> yeah. And then just bring everyone to the warehouse and just let them shop. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Chris would love that. I think for what we're talking about taking over... You know, if we pack it right in in the cars and make two trips, we'll be fully stocked. Yeah. So we'll so we'll we'll come back to that. But I mean, overall, I'm thrilled that you're doing this. I you know I hope that you get out of it what you want. I hope that over these next couple of months, it's not not overly burdensome on you uh, to prepare for this and to think about it. I hope it's you know hopefully a positive welcome thing for you. Um, as far as you know, we keep talking about like we hope to see some customers. Is there anyone in particular, like one person who you're like, I would really, I really hope this person comes through. Not to say, not at the expense of anyone else, but like as, and one person in particular who you're like, I really would love to see this person. Well, I'm not going to name names, but yeah, there are a handful of people that I never got there to say PM. goodbye to. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. There, the, the, a lot of times, you know, there were times, well, you know, the stories have late hours or even if they came in at eight o'clock when we were going to close, if they came in you know, I'd stay there for an hour and, ha- and chat with them. So there were people like that that uh, it was difficult for them to come to the store, but they came, and uh, and we would sit around and yeah, there there are a handful of people would be nice to see. I don't know that they would. I mean, again, I I know what goes on in their personal life, so I don't know that necessarily they would have the opportunity to come anymore to this, or even if they're still collecting. But uh, if they were to stop by, I would love to see them. You know, these are people you, you talk to and say, you know, we should grab lunch sometime. And of course, like anything else in life, real life comes along the way and you never do. Yeah. So uh, there are a handful of people I like to see. My list begins and ends with Jeff Wong. I would, He's I not would, on my list. <laughs> I, our most legendary customer. Uh, if, I have, if I have one regret with this podcast is that I was never able to get him on. And we tried a couple of times and Bill helped and uh, we were never able to connect with him. But it would be great if, if Jeff came through. Again, I doubt it, but... I guess that would be, you know, that would be a feather in your cap if you could get him. That would be certainly talk about making it an entertaining podcast. I yeah. think this has been entertaining in its own way. In its own way. Yeah. <laughs> in a dark way. No. <laughs> Just like a, like a, a, a horror film is entertaining. I, can't, I don't know. I can't, I don't know that I really know where the line is between us agreeing on things in this episode and being at odds. I have to listen back to it because I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we were arguing, but then I was like, I think we were saying the same thing. Isn't it like what Brian O'Day said in your movie, right? The, the best blooper and out of all my uh, various projects. Some things never change and some things stay the same. <laughs> and then he catches himself. He's like, oh, I think that's the same thing. Uh, I don't know. All right. But, um, oh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. again, Brian O'Day is another guy. It's like it would be in the old days, he might have been there to help us with the show. But since he's going to be there as security for the for the show all around, it's like we can't you know rely on him to man the shop or whatever. So, uh you know, who's left? You know, people have gone their own ways or they're not going to be around. You know, I doubt, I doubt you call in, you know, I can't imagine calling Carolyn in to, to say, come help us for half a day. She's got her own things going on. 
Bill and I will be there. We, we, we Listen, remember what we did during the closing of the store? I feel like we could accomplish anything. Okay. All right. It would be nice if we had special shirts just for this one occasion. You're right. Right? That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. No pressure, Bill. <laughs> I'll text him again. Okay. I hesit- We're winding down, and I hesitate to bring this up because this, this could launch a whole conversation. <laughs> um, but I just want to mention it because it is a little important, and if we're going to do it, you, sh- you should start the process. I, uh, I don't have the clip for you, but I already mentioned this to Chris in the next episode, and he really thinks you should do it. Credit card, pr- taking credit cards at the convention. The face. Oh, if listeners could see the face. This is why I was like, I don't want to bring it up now at the end. But is this something you're like completely opposed to? Because How's your ulcer? Because <laughs> the game has changed a little bit. Like uh, most vendors do take credit cards. People aren't walking around with as much cash cash as they used to. And it is, my understanding is that it's relatively user-friendly and simple to uh, get that square reader that you attach to your phone and uh, to set up an account so that you can process payment. I mean, is this something that you're even open to where you're just like, it's cash or nothing? In which case, that's fine. Gosh, that's a tough question. Well, we can circle back to it in a future yeah. episode, but I, I wanted to I at know. least throw it out there. Yeah, I mean, yes, in, in, the, in the world of 2020, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, Stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> when you edit, done. <laughs> you know what it is? It's, it's just, I, I can't see doing it just for one weekend, and I'm not going to do any other shows after this is over. Are you not? Oh, that was actually going to be my last question here. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, so, okay. The last thing that I wanted to, so let that sit in the back of your mind as far as the credit card. You don't have to decide right this second. But, you know, like when I when I posted the art for this season and, you know, the, the two of us at the booth, mm-hmm. and I was very clear with Chris when I was commissioning this. I was like, listen, the store, like, please don't make it look like a store. Like we want it to look like a booth at a convention because I didn't, and in all my language, I've been very clear. Like, I don't want to mislead anyone. I don't want people to think, oh, the store's coming back. It's like, we're going to be at a convention and that's it. But if this goes really well, like, do you think you would be open to doing other conventions or you just think it would make you more likely to come back to this show next year? If it's successful? Yeah. I, I guess I would consider 2021 at Undiscovered. At this show. But you, would, you don't think that you would start thinking about doing other shows? No. No. Because you don't have that proximity. Well, it's not just proximity. I don't have the youth and the energy. Um, you know, constantly reading uh, Chris's Facebook posts. That guy works hard. I mean, we used to joke that I was the hardest working man in Westchester, even though most of you didn't think I was. But I used to really think I was for the number of hours I put in before the store opened and Only after the store closed. you could get that out that quickly <laughs> and have two contradictions. <laughs> I really was, but more, most of you don't think I wasn't. But <laughs> Yeah. And then there for a long time, you know, Ralph, with the, Ralph Boomer was with of the course. senior, yeah. with the bakery, I realized he works harder than I did. Because he was early in the morning baking, and then he's doing all that social stuff with the town, the city of Yonkers, mm-hmm. and, you know, co- commerce, whatever. And I said, gee, where is he getting? And, and he was doing, like, uh, what, uh, theater and, and stuff on the side. Yep. So it's like, where does he get the energy? I mean, granted, he was younger than me, but it's, you know, it's, it's still, it's like, that's, uh, that's draining. And then, um, and now, you know, I, I read Chris Wilcox's uh, Facebook posts. And the poor guy is like working to the middle of the morning. He gets maybe a couple hours of sleep. He's got to pack that truck up and then drive to God knows where. And we're not talking about to Connecticut. He's driving out to Washington, D.C. or something. 
and he's got to unload the stuff. He gets the problems when he gets to the parking dock where they won't let him in, or there's rain pouring on him, and there's a leak in the truck, and the stuff's getting. And I'm looking, and he's working two days in a row, and he's got to f- drive all the way back to New York, unload, get this place mm-hmm. open the next day. And I'm thinking, he can do that because he's young, but he's doing what three dozen shows a year on the road. It's like, there's no way I'm going to do one. Not even one. Yeah. So like in these past five years, because again, we're coming up on the five-year anniversary of the store closing. You, and again, as we said, like you've been consistent that you hadn't. So you've truly like not been tempted to do any show prior to this point. Oh, I think about it. You know, but at the same time, I said, I think better. I mean, I still have nightmares. I think I've told you. My nightmares as as an ex-comic book store owner is that I wake up, I'm, I'm sleeping and I realize I have to open the store. And all the stuff is piled up and we have to break it down. We got to put it into files. People are at the door. The, the, the store is so vast that it, t- it takes five minutes to get to one end to put the book on the shelf to come back to get the rest. Um, I have, these are comic book store owner nightmares. And I still have them. It's five years out. But uh, no, I no temptation to ever open a store again. Uh, people don't seem to understand. I've been quite happy retired and out you of this. You sound very happy. <laughs> you know, people, people I haven't seen in a long time when I run into them on the street or in the mall or in a movie theater or something like that and they see it, and their reaction is, you seem a lot happier than you used to be. Yeah. No, hey, listen, I tell people because, uh, you know, whether on or off mic when people ask, I'm like, no, like he's happy, like he enjoys his retirement. He doesn't, yeah. you know, he doesn't miss having the stress of the store. It's great. We, we It's great. Rich has the best story. When the, was it you and my father were sitting outside? Oh, and, and oh, and was it you and my father? We heard two guys walking by, and they, they're coming into the store. And they go, "Boy, I hope he's not angry today." <laughs> <laughs> and these are consumers. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's good, though. I think the customers should have a little. You know, I go to all these stores. It's all about community. We're friendly, but I don't know. I, th- I always like to think you you want a little bit of that fear, right, Steve? <laughs> not fear, but hey, yeah, well, it's just it's just. Uh, no, I do not miss miss running the store or the business. Right. It was, it's a lot harder than people. That's why I feel bad for everybody who's doing it now. You know, that's why I like to leave, if I can, whatever I can do, lend a helping hand. Um, and you, you I, are I, very I know generous. How, I know you how hard very, this thing is. You're and, very generous to like to like Paul and uh, well, you know, it's Mark. Like, yeah. No, it's wonderful. Yeah. But And you'll be shoulder to shoulder with them at this convention. Yeah. Do you and think I, they might help advertise? Like, hey, we're we're going to be at the show, and in addition, AR will be there. Well, I don't, I don't want them to do that. They they have to concern themselves with selling their product. Uh, but I would think that might, you know, that would bring even more, more people, people to in. the show. It would be a win win, conceivably. Here's the thing: in this area, when you talk about like the big comic shops, like you know, AR was as you know was here for 23 years. I mean, left I, quite quite a mark. I think That's they might might appreciate it because. It would be a synergy. I, yeah, I just yeah. think, you know, hey, if they come to see Steve's stuff, they'll come and look at mine as well. well I suppose. I mean, if nothing else, I hope, you know, you'll you'll spread the word once, you know, uh, tickets aren't available quite yet, but that'll be coming soon. You know, I hope you'll spread the word, your page, the alternate realities page. I mean, I think however many former AR people we can sort of wake up and say like, hey, like, and again, they might not have the interest. They might not have the availability. They might not want to buy a ticket to the show. Any number of reasons why they might not come. They might be like, oh, that guy. <laughs> but, you know, I, I would like to think that a lot of them would, would welcome the opportunity. And I think this could be a, a really a really strong year for the show and sort of a year of transition as, as it, you know, has a little bit more of a comics influence. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. But I'm thrilled that you're doing it. I appreciate you giving us stuff to talk about on the, on the season of the show. 
Rich, I want to wish you a happy birthday. We're recording this uh, in late February, a few days before your actual birthday. But in a couple of hours, uh, we'll be convening with uh, the larger AR group for your birthday dinner. And, uh, you know, again, we always talk about our community and the gatherings and everything, and they don't happen all that frequently anymore. There was one over the holidays uh, that I organized, and then I missed because I was sick, but that happened, and we did our little Illuminati thing. But, you know, these big, you know, um, these big assemblings of the, of the full group are, are very rare. Yeah, and listen, uh, I'm thrilled, but kudos to you. You helped project manage this thing. You and Mike uh, got the word out and uh, yeah. handled the RSVPs and made the reservations. We did, but I want to wish you a happy birthday, and I want to I want to convey something because this came up um, actually over the holidays. Uh, Steve, Bill, Roby, and I got together. Uh, people might remember Nick Robeson. He was on one of our New Year's special uh, episodes a, a couple of years back. Uh, he's out in uh, Washington. Washington. Bill is in New Mexico, but they both were in town, and Steve and I got together with them. We had lunch, and one of the things that um, Bill and I were talking about at one point about you, Rich, was. You know how much we enjoy uh, our phone conversations with you. No, no, I'm not, no. This I'm actually being sincere because I know in the in our last episode we joked about you know your your excuses for getting off the phone, but like in all sincerity, <laughs> which uh, which have increased my creativity. Yes, <laughs> you know, but you know, just we were talking about how much we enjoy those calls and how you know consistent in our life in our lives you have been over all these years. And you know, I was I was really reflecting on this. It's like I've had conversations with you from my parents' house, from the Fordham campus, from the Pace Law School campus, from my apartment, from my home now with my wife, from my office at my current job. You know, we've had all of these chats over all of these years. I always enjoy them. I always appreciate them. And I wish you a happy birthday. Well, thank you. Thank you. And and they're mutual. Uh, I, I likewise have weekly chats with Steve. It's always about Hopalong Cassidy. It's yeah. always about Sherlock Holmes. It's yeah. always about, uh, well, it's not even about Wyatt Earp anymore. I miss those Wyatt Earp conversations. <laughs> I think we'll wind this down. But I want to thank you both for helping me you know, kick off this new round of, of episodes, The Homecoming. Uh, so we'll be back in two weeks with The Homecoming Part 2 featuring Chris Wilcock. I already recorded it. It's a strong one. I think people will enjoy it. Uh, also coming up this season, uh, there will be a number of episodes tying into the release of My Comic Shop Country. Uh, truly, I could not be more excited about this. Uh, that's really, other than the birth of my son <laughs> on the on the creative level over the past few months, that's that's been a massive development uh, where we found a distributor for the movie. It'll be available uh, beginning April 7th. We'll be talking about it more on the show. We'll have some special episodes tying into it. Um, but really make sure that you keep an eye out for that. If you've had any interest in watching this film, uh, you'll have the opportunity to uh, very soon. So thank you both for participating in this. Thank you to everyone for listening, for coming back for this new round of episodes. I'm very happy to be doing this again. Always a lot of fun. Uh, so we'll see you back here in two weeks. And until then, don't be a flat squirrel. 